0: Sourdough taught me specifically that it's okay to do things differently. It's okay to not do, you know, the same thing as everyone else. Um, it's a, it's okay to mess up. It's okay not to have the perfect score on my loaf. It's okay not to have oven spring some days. You know, all these things teach you valuable lessons and they take you to the next to the next level. So I really think it's a journey that uh, is ongoing for everybody and it's so powerful to share with others because you end up learning so much from each other.
1: This is The Sourdough Podcast, the show about the innovators, leaders, and creative trailblazers in the sourdough community and the stories behind the bread. I'm Mike Hilburn, and on today's show, author and blogger Emily Raffa shares with us the unexpected inspiration for her book, Artisan Sourdough Made Simple. She tells us how she got started on her own sourdough journey and answers some sourdough frequently asked questions. I also wanted to take a moment to thank everybody who's listened to the podcast so far and those of you who have sent me such positive and supportive messages. They've really been a joy to receive. And I also wanted to thank those of you who have gone out of your way to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Your feedback has been so encouraging and also helps to get the word out about the podcast. So thank you all so much for all your support. And just a reminder, if you want to find out more or hear previous episodes, go to the sourdoughpodcast.com And while you're there, send me your sourdough questions. I'll try to pick one or two questions per episode and submit them to our guest on the air. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. I'm at Central Valley Sourdough. And be sure to share your best loaves with hashtag Sourdough Podcast, and I'll repost my favorites. And finally, stay tuned at the end of this episode for new music from Weston Perry. You can find him at westonperrysoul.com. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Emily Rafa. Well, hello, friends, and thank you for joining me today on the podcast. I'm here today with Emily Rafa, author of Artisan Sourdough Made Simple and founder of the blog Clever Carrot. Thanks, Emily, for coming on. How are you doing today?
0: Hi, I'm well. Thank you so much for having me, Mike.
1: Well, uh, where where are where are you actually right now? Are you in uh, New York?
0: I'm in my kitchen you right now with kitchen. my cat. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, I'm in New York. Uh, we live on Long Island, which is about uh, I don't know about 50 minutes outside of the city center.
1: Oh, great. Okay. Well, we got a little uh, cross country conversation going. I'm in, I'm in San Diego. You're on the opposite side of the country. Talking about sourdough.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) So, um, you know, by chance, if there's someone listening right now that's not familiar with your blog or isn't one of your 40,000 Instagram followers, uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Sure, absolutely. Um, so I am, um, I've always been into food, always been a huge fan of cooking and seasonal ingredients and, you know, scouring the markets for the latest and greatest. And uh, back in 2012, I started my blog, The Clever Carrot, as sort of a creative outlet to showcase all, you know, my love for food and cooking. And um, I also went to culinary school back in New York City, it was a uh, French culinary institute. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's where I got my formal training in, um, you know, the chef like experience, which is fantastic. But um, really, my love for home cooking and meeting other home cooks really sort of transcends through my blog. And uh, that's where I include mm-hmm. those recipes and stories. And I'm also a self taught bread baker, sourdough bread baker. Which yeah. in uh, the past several years I've been really honing in on my skills and um, you know getting to know other like-minded bakers as well and just learning a ton and that's what sort of led to uh, my second book. So um, you yeah, know that's that's what I do. I cook, I bake, I eat, I talk about food. It's all good.
1: <laughs> Great, yeah, and and you just got this huge following um, through your blog and on Instagram and. Uh, just, I just, I love your book personally. Um, it's, it's one of the few books I actually have on my shelves. Oh, thank you. And um, so, yeah, hopefully we could, we'll talk about that a little bit later. And yeah, we might kind of jump around chronologically um, as we make, we make our way to your book and blog. But I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your background with food in general. I, I imagine like all of us, food was an integral part of your upbringing. How, how did that affect your now your career in, in food, and bread. and
0: Sure, sure. So, you know, I was actually thinking about this the other day, you know, trying to pinpoint that actual moment of when food really took off for me. Mm-hmm. And um, it seems so cliche. You know, when I was a kid, I always watched my grandmother cooking in the kitchen. And to be honest with you, all cliches aside, it really, uh, watching my grandmother cook um, oh, yeah. really is what, made the mark for me um my grandmother on my mother's side was french and she uh and her mother so my great-grandmother they ran a bistro in paris and when she finally moved to the states she brought that uh that the, the classic french technique of cooking into her family home and so our sunday dinners were these you know Um, I don't want to say they were elaborate, because to us, (laughs) it was just like straight up home cooking, Mm -hmm. you know, but it was a classic French cooking and techniques. And um, to me, I was so inspired from such a young age. I'm like, what is this? This wasn't the typical mac and cheese chicken nugget kid food menu. This was like, some serious, real delicious food. That was our normal in our family. So Yeah, it was just at the time, I didn't really know how fortunate I was to grow up with that sort of um, exposure, uh-huh. you know, and then of course, years and years later, I end up going to a French culinary school, but you can say mm-hmm. from early on, it was sort of ingrained in me, um, whether, you know, through experience or DNA or whatever, that really got me started. Well, yeah,
1: when you, when you experience. just start from, you know, the beginning with good food and is just kind of the, the foundation. How could it not, you know, reverberate through your, your, uh, your life? You know?
0: Absolutely. And, and the cool thing was she didn't make, you know, the food that she made was like humble and simple, but so, mm-hmm. so good. And I, I just remember as a kid, after the meal was over, we would all the grandkids would run to the fridge and open it up to see what dessert she would have for us. And it was usually homemade chocolate mousse or Um, creme caramel. And we would all fight over who got what and (laughs) the whole bit, but it was, you know, the memory sticks and um, it's, it's very, very cool.
1: Yeah. Well that that's, yeah. I mean, I think everybody has that initial impression of, of, of food, whether it be good food or bad food and that kind of, you know, (laughs) that's the foundation of what you think of, of food. And, you know, and sometimes it takes people getting out of the house before they realize what good food is or how good a food they had at home. (laughs) But your, your blog is uh, just full of amazing recipes, um, very easy uh, approachable recipes. Um, Can you tell us about how you got into blogging and, and how did, did you start? Maybe, uh, thinking you were going to be a chef and, or have you always just been more interested in writing or, or tell us about your, your blog journey or or how that all started.
0: Sure. So um, with regards to the blog, I, at the time of when I started it, I, my second son was born. Um, He was a baby and he was a really, really tough baby. He cried all the time. I was up with him all day, all night. And, um, to sort of distract myself, I was always online, reading blogs, uh, researching recipes, writing recipes, cooking. In that time period, I taught myself how to bake. Um, I was dabbling and tempering chocolate and all kinds of things as a way to sort of keep myself sane from all the crying and the... And this, a long, long night. Sounds
1: familiar. Yes,
0: yes. And um, so the blog was born sort of out of creative necessity, a, a way for me to to channel all of this creativity I had going on during this time period that was so, so difficult. So I think a
1: lot of people can relate to that yes. need for a creative outlet oh, and then finding goodness. that in food.
0: Absolutely. So that's how the blog was born. I wasn't planning on starting one. It just sort of... Birthed itself, and um, my husband actually bought me you know a fancy camera, and he's like, Here try this you know i've never taken you know I've only taken pictures with the typical point and shoot on vacation mm-hmm. cameras you know I had no idea about photography or anything like that, but something from within me really was motivated and inspired, and it just um, sort of took off from there
1: well and then I also as I understand it, your book was kind of offspring of maybe one of your most popular uh, blog posts.
0: Yes, yes. So Artisan Sourdough Simple is basically a longer, more detailed version of a tutorial that I wrote online. It was a um, beginner's guide to sourdough. And I wrote this tutorial because at the time, I felt really frustrated with sourdough. I felt like there was nothing Uh out there for beginners. Everything that I had come across was either intermediate or advanced. Um, The terminology that bakers would use, it seemed very, very confusing. And, And for a beginner, to me, I felt like there was no starting point whatsoever. So I wrote that tutorial for myself, really. I wrote it This is what I know. I'm putting it out there. I had no idea the response that it was going to receive because there were thousands and thousands of people out there who also felt the same way that I did, you know, feeling lost as a beginner and not knowing where to go. So, um, that is my most popular post to date. And the book, uh, was sort (sighs) of, you know, the extension of that tutorial which i was super happy and excited to write because there was so much more to say about the process. So, yeah.
1: oh and there's just so much interest and i you're so right because there's just so much information out there and yeah. it could be very o- overwhelming. I know from my own personal experience. You could really you know and you mentioned this in your book you know, just go down this rabbit hole and just yeah. get lost in in just all of the the details and the charts and, and, uh, and so it was just so refreshing uh, when I found your book and I was ex- super, super excited to have me on the show because yours is the, is the one book that I recommended for my sister when she first got into baking. Cause I feel like I kind of went down this one path, you know, uh, challenging path uh, like about five years ago of just, you know, finding all these uh, kind of more, you know, Advanced uh, recipes and learning the hard way, which is valuable in in its own right. But uh, when you find a book like yours that is just so uh, approachable, um, and and really you could just anybody can start with with your book. I I recommended it to my sister, and uh, and she's been now starting her own little sourdough journey, and we've really been enjoying connecting over that. Uh, well
0: thank you i, I appreciate <laughs> you recommending the book because um you know it was tough to write because there were some more advanced things that I wanted to say just because you know i the point that I'm at now versus you know the beginning level it's, it's a little bit different now but mm-hmm. um it, it's hard to sometimes hold back, but there is something um great about being a beginner and starting fresh and um you know, sharing it with others as well. So I appreciate the support too.
1: In your dedication. I, 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 found this was, um, really relatable for me. Um, you say, you know, this book is dedicated to those who will continue to share the powerful journey of sourdough. And I just thought, wow, th- you know, those are my people. That's, those are the, yes. <laughs> that's, that's my audience for this podcast. Those are the people I hope, uh, tune in and find this podcast. Um, You know, if I had a a dedication for this podcast, it would probably be similar. Um, Why why for you is sourdough such a powerful journey?
0: I think sourdough is a powerful journey um, because it's a reflection of the self or yourself, I should say, in my opinion, meaning that, you know, there's so many twists and turns and self-discoveries that you find through the process, whether it's trusting a recipe, deviating from a recipe, being comfortable in your own abilities to sort of, um, you know, create something new that's different that someone else recommends. Um, because let's face it, there, there's a lot of different ways to make a loaf of sourdough bread and it's become confusing Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, oftentimes frustrating for some people. And I find that it really teaches you to to look within yourself and to see what abilities and techniques you have to bring to the table. Sourdough taught me specifically that it's okay to do things differently. Mm-hmm. It's okay to not do, you know, the same thing as everyone else. Um, it's, it's okay to mess up. It's okay not to have the perfect score on my loaf. It's okay not to have oven springs some days. You know, all these things teach you valuable lessons mm-hmm. and they take you to the next, to the next level. So I really think it's a journey that uh, is ongoing for everybody. And it's so powerful to share with others because you end up learning so much from each other.
1: Yeah. And yeah. And I you know for me, and you mentioned this already, you know, it's, it's a way to like access that creative impulse within you and yeah. give it, give it an outlet, um, you know, wherever you find yourself, you know, at home with kids like myself or, you know, on the weekends or at night, you know, your, your book has some great recipes that really allow you to like bake at any uh, stage of life, any, you know, fit into, uh, baking in baking any little uh, window you might have, whether that be in the mornings or in the evenings or weekends. In the intro, I, I, I really picked up on and connected with was when you talk about sourdough, not necessarily being sourdough. And, uh, you know, it took me a while to understand this, even like having feeling like I needed to explain it to people when I shared my bread with them. Like it's not always super sour. And it was actually one of the questions I recently had on my Instagram feed was, uh, from a follower, gentle bell. She said, you know, how do you make it more sour? I've been having such a hard time getting the right flavor. Um, could you talk a little bit more about that? Uh, just,
0: Sure, sure. So, okay. So, this is a loaded question yeah. because um, with sourdough, each step is connected along the way. So, if you extract, you know, hey, why isn't my bread more sour? Well, you have to look at the steps you took in the beginning, during, and after mm-hmm. to sort of see where that that fits in. And this this took me a really long time to figure out that everything was connected. And sometimes, you know, it's it's hard to pinpoint. So, what I can say is. Um, Sourness comes from how you care for your starter, your sourdough starter. Mm. So that means, you know, the type of flour that you're using, how often you feed your starter, how much of your starter you discard before adding more flour and water to it. So so the overall care of your starter is essential um, to the flavor. And I'll give you an example. Uh, my starter that I use is fed with all-purpose flour and water, equal parts by weight, and I refresh it often, meaning I dump out about half. I give it a feed and wait for it to bubble. I do this at least every day Mm because I bake often. And my sourdoughs tend not to have the strongest sour flavor because of this, because I'm constantly feeding it, refreshing it, discarding some. Um, if that makes any sense yeah yeah, yeah it changed you, you can actually smell it when you smell it it doesn't smell vinegary or sour it smells mm-hmm. almost like yeasty um, and that's a whole nother topic if you want to talk about sourdough smells but yeah. um, I've also noticed that if I don't feed my starter as often and I don't discard a lot of it and I let that sort of vinegary smell you know marinate within the starter that mm-hmm. my that's like translates into my bread um, and I've done that often as well if I want a more, you know, pungent flavored finished loaf. So the way you care for your starter definitely directly affects the flavor of your bread. And then after that, after starter maintenance, then you have how the dough was fermented or, you know, what you what the, the steps that you took to allow the dough to rise, like the temperature, the temperature of the dough, the types of flours that you are using in the type of dough. So there's so many moving parts that sort of contribute to the flavor. But um, if you can isolate a few of them and see what you're doing and what you're not doing, you can sort of manipulate uh, the results a little bit. And of
1: course it takes practice. Yeah, yeah, and it also kind of comes down to like personal preference. And some people, I personally like sour Sour flavor. Some people don't necessarily. So you know, it's it's you can have uh, that variability, and and that's another appealing part of the process. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the writing process for your book. You know, I I I think about baking and writing, and I think man, these are like on the opposite ends of <laughs> yeah. the skill spectrum. I know, I'm you know, I wouldn't be. Uh, particularly good at writing a book, but did it come naturally to you? You know, did you have any other uh, authors offer you advice? How did you, how how was that process for you?
0: Uh, I think with this book, um, it's something that I had been writing in my head prior to the actual book deal. Um, Just because I had so many years Mm -hmm. of just practicing in my kitchen, you have so many years of those thoughts sort of running through your head all the time. So when it was time to put the pen to the paper, it sort of flowed uh, a bit more effortlessly for me because I had been um, thinking about it for so many years. But also, I'm a big journal writer. I love to journal. And so. Um,
1: you are. A, so, you are a writer. <laughs> I
0: love writing, but I never set out to be a writer, to be honest uh-huh. with you. I just, I, every morning I always journal, and typically it has nothing to do with anything. It's just a bunch of whatever on paper, but it usually sets the tone for my day. And, um, I never start a project without journaling first, ever. For some reason it just like clears the way, clears the path, and sort of clears the mind to sort of um, get those creative thoughts out there. So um, I didn't have any other advice from other authors, but I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> never I mean, you know, I, I had no experience in writing books and I'll take all the advice I can get, you know. I love hearing yeah. about how I, know, other I was just wondering
1: get. curious if you had like other Author friends, or if you had connected with other uh, uh, baking authors or food authors through the process, but yeah,
0: well, you know what? Yeah. I, I've talked to some in the past just about writing in general, but I mean, it's it's to write a book is it takes a lot of discipline and a lot of concentration, yeah. you know. So a little bit of that, but I'm always all ears <laughs> for everything.
1: Did the blog give you a head start? Do you do you feel? Absolutely. As far as the content and just having a base, like a foundation to get started with?
0: Absolutely. Because, you know, with blogging, you're constantly writing
1: and Uh transmitting
0: and and putting recipes out there and talking to people. So that definitely was practice in itself, even though, you know, at the time of blogging, I had no idea I would be writing books. But uh, (sighs) yeah, it's all about the process. (laughs) And it definitely definitely helped.
1: Part of that process, I imagine, was testing all of your recipes. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you, how did you do that? Did you have like a a board of uh, sourdough geeks trying them out for you or a (laughs)
0: sourdough
1: consultant or something?
0: I did, but you know what I did? I went after people who had no experience for the most part. I mean, (laughs) I had some experienced bakers test the recipes, obviously for obvious reasons, but I really wanted to hear what the novice had to say about the process. That was very, very important to me because, um, oftentimes they would point out things that I missed, um, or, you know, offer suggestions for things that I should include. So that was extremely valuable in the recipe testing process. Um, and it was just excited to see them get excited about it. You know, I have Mm -hmm. the people that tested the recipes. (laughs) I didn't think that they were going to want to bake after this, you know, so to see them off doing their thing now is, is great.
1: That's exciting. Well, yeah. So, you know, another thing I wanted to talk about with you today um, was kind of just your experience uh, with what I call the sourdough community. You know, we're, we're kind of a special group within maybe the greater uh, baking community, but uh, I've, I've had so many great uh, connections with people, whether that be, you know, face to or, face or through uh, social media. And I think for me personally, that's one of the things I love about sourdough is that, you know, it kind of brings people together. It's, it's part of its uh, nature, you know, to link people, uh, create this sort of community. It, uh, you know, whether that be like sharing your starter or or just that uh, com- compulsion to share your bread with people when you nail a great loaf. Um, wow. One of your uh, stories in the book, you talk about... Um, how you got into sourdough through a blog uh, by a woman named Celia. Um, Can you share that story with us?
0: Yes. So my first introduction to sourdough was through a blog called Fig Jam and Lime Cordial. And the author's name is Celia. And she basically documented all of her trials and tribulations with regards to sourdough baking And, um, it was so captivating for me because I got to watch the process of her, you know, baking all different kinds of breads. But what was more, um, influential for me was just watching how happy it Mm -hmm. made her. I would say to myself, she's so excited about this bread. She's always talking about this bread. What is it about this bread that makes her so enthusiastic, you know, because I've baked bread in the past before, and you know, I liked it. I like eating bread, but this was like a whole nother beast. And I pretty much watched her blog for about a year, and I'm like, you know, I think I want to get into this. And so I had sent her a comment uh, on one of her posts, and she was super friendly to me. She said, Hey, you know, if you want to get started with sourdough, let me mail you some of my sourdough starter. And she lives in um, Sydney, Australia. So Mm. I'm like, Okay, (laughs) you know, there's no turning back now. And then a few weeks later, I get this little package in the mail, this little bag of dried white flakes with instructions. And she's like, Here you go, make some bread. (laughs) And I'm saying to myself, What did I get myself into? And, but I was really excited, you know, because that's the thing about being a beginner, you're not jaded yet. You know, I didn't know anything about the terminology and the rabbit hole of techniques, (laughs) nothing. so i was super excited and i got started and it was great because i had what i called beginner's luck in the beginning you know my loaves were coming out pretty nice and wow it was a great way to start absolutely yeah. Great way to start. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's you know? not uh, common. <laughs> it's not. It's not common. Um, but then, as you continue to read the intro of my book, then I sort yeah. of messed up my whole game because I I got confused. I started reading about other techniques and, you know, the terminology and bakers percentages, and I just like screwed up everything that I did. I screwed up my own flow by <laughs> trying to head. get Yeah, I, I I really did, and um, you know, but uh. I sort of recognized that and rebounded from that. And you see, it is a journey. Yeah. <laughs> it's a journey of yourself. But um, so yeah, so that's how I got started with sourdough. And it was one of the greatest things that I've ever tried, for sure.
1: Are you still uh, in, in contact with Celia?
0: Yes, we're actually great friends. We're um, really, really close. And this past year, I traveled to Australia. Uh, it was a big family trip, and I actually got to meet Celia for the first time. So we met for a day out in Sydney, and it was so great. I'm like, "Wow, you're real. You're a real person. You know, you inspired this yeah. whole this this whole everything." And it was so great. And she uh, showed up with a few loaves of bread, um, two chocolate chip loaves, a few baguettes. It was so great. And back in the hotel room, we're eating the bread and sharing it with my family. I'm like, "Who would have thought?" that this little packet of white flakes mm-hmm. that the stranger sent me would lead to all this. And here I am in Sydney, Australia, eating her bread on a, on the balcony of my hotel room. It's just mind-blowing. Really, Oh, uh, yeah. It,
1: those are the stories I, I, I love. I hope to tell or hear a lot more stories like that on this podcast. It's just something, you know, you're not going to get those connections, those... Those stories with uh, store-bought bread, you no. know, <laughs> something special about sourdough. Can you think of any other um, unique interactions you've had with the sourdough community, um, whether that be through social media or Instagram or
0: I random I really,
1: emails you got?
0: Yeah, I love the random emails. To be honest with you, those are my <laughs> favorite because um, they're more elaborate than a comment on Instagram or social media, which tend to be a little bit shorter, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I, in, in these emails, I'll get stories about how sourdough has either changed their life in some Uh, way, helping them to be more self-sufficient or more empowered, or, um, perhaps it's an activity that, um, they took on with their significant other, So now they're connecting over more quality time. Like Mm -hmm. that's the stuff that I love. And through email, you know, you get more elaborate stories, um, I just recently got an email from somebody who wants to um, cook the book, basically, cook their way <laughs> through the beginning of the book to the end. And I'm like, that's so, so great. And I'm really honored and flattered and yeah. um, that they even take the time out to, to send me that note. You know, they don't have to email me and tell me, but they they do. And I just think that's so cool because time is precious. And to leave feedback like that, it yeah. really makes somebody's day.
1: Did you anticipate that sort of response?
0: Um. I don't think so. You know, when I finished writing the book, I just sort of let it go, you know, Mm -hmm. without any expectations. Of course, I hope that it would do well. But um, my main hope was that it would connect others. But I wasn't really quite sure how powerful the connection was going to be. And as the days and the months go by, you know, these emails and these reminders sort of, you know, let me know that it's all happening. In, in the best
1: of ways. So yeah. Well, that's gotta be a great confirmation that you're, you're on the right track. And, and I, I just know that there's so much uh, interest and there's sort of this kind of renaissance I feel of, uh, of people longing to connect with their food and, and uh, get that personal like satisfaction out of creating something themselves. And, and I think it's people like you and, And other bakers and bloggers and artists out there that are inspiring people. And um, so, I just want to... Yeah, personally, thank you for for that contribution. And, you know, it's definitely... Uh, helped me in a way to connect with my sister who lives in Tennessee, and you know we have this great uh, medium, to, you know, uh, to interact with. You know, we'll text each other, you know, sourdough questions or pictures, <laughs> and it's just a lot of it's fun. Fun,
0: and I know it's a fun. Part of that.
1: Well, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I asked my Instagram followers if they could ask a professional baker or author. You know, one question about sourdough, what would it be? And I was wondering if you'd mind taking a couple of those questions or taking a stab at it.
0: Sure, sure.
1: <laughs> so, um, my, so, this question actually comes from my sister. She <laughs> says, uh, what is your favorite way to eat sourdough? And you have so many great recipes in the back of your book um, of how to use sourdough in, in your recipes. Do you have a, like a favorite one?
0: Um, I would say my favorite one is probably the everyday sourdough. Um, only because it's the most versatile, I I'd say in terms of how you want to eat it, you know, I'll just bake up a loaf of that. Everybody in the house loves it. And my favorite way to enjoy is it's just with, um, salted butter. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. pretty much standing around in the kitchen, walking around with a slice. Um, I I just love it because it it just goes with everything. And sometimes I tweak it, adding a little bit more water here and there, you know, depending on my mood or whatever. But um, it's one that never fails. I also like the the chocolate chip sourdough from the book. I make that one a lot. The kids love it and it's great toasted. So I would say those are my two favorites.
1: One of those recipes was the rum raisin bread pudding Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: using like leftover bread or have a lot of extra bread laying around from time to time and, you know, Hey, throwing it away. And so it's, it's great to have a recipe you can like throw that stuff into or.
0: Absolutely. You know what you should do? You should make croutons. I have so much croutons floating around. Like I'll make a huge batch with all like, you know, the end pieces or the crust that the kids don't want to eat or whatever. And I'll just, Bake it up, and then I just stick it in a ziploc bag, and I keep it in the fridge. And I just add it to soups and salads throughout the week. Sometimes I'll even throw it in the freezer. But that just making the whole process of making croutons is great if you don't like waste or even yeah. breadcrumbs too.
1: Oh, yeah. and just yeah, makes your elevates your salads. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so one another question I got uh, kind of has to do with you know everybody's always trying to get that beautiful. Uh, Instagram picture of the, the perfect <laughs> scoring or the perfect um, oven spring. And uh, this question from Go Eat Your Bread With Joy, mm-hmm. her question was, what's the perfect flour ratio, she says, to get a good crumb without breaking your scoring patterns? I think it's, you know, the classic, like, hydration versus oven spring. And it's just that whole balance. Uh, what's what's kind of your – experience working with, you know, lower or higher hydration dose and
0: I don't think there's a perfect ratio, but if you're having trouble with scoring or you're having trouble with oven spring, I always recommend to go with a recipe that's lower in hydration. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the dough is drier and it's easier to work with. Um, Drier doughs don't tend to to spread out while they're rising as much. So you're going to get better oven spring. And um, I've also found that they um, hold a scoring pattern a lot better. Now, with that said, there's Many other variables that could affect how your bread comes out: the temperature of the dough, how you handle the dough. So it's not just a low hydration recipe that's going to um, give you the win, but it will help if you're having troubles uh, in the areas of, of scoring and um, oven spring.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think people are maybe need to work on their just mastering the basics and getting some consistency, and then maybe focusing yeah. on your scoring pattern because that'll all come come later. And the one other question, and this is just kind of a a, a general question, Um, it would be, what would you want a novice to know about making sourdough bread?
0: I would want a novice to know that there's no right Mm -hmm. or wrong way. So I would also want them to approach it with um, the same inspiration or the same um, mindfulness, almost like a kid. You know, you, you approach a group of um, kids coloring, you sit down and you just color. You don't think about, you know, whether the crayons are non toxic or if your artwork's going to go up on the wall. You just kind of jump in and just do it. And that's what I would recommend to the novice. Like, don't overthink it don't worry about it being perfect don't worry about what everybody else is doing just jump in and see for yourself and once you start to gain confidence in your own abilities and structure then you can sort of branch out and make changes and make tweaks um but keeping it simple and just jumping in is the best way to go i think
1: Mm -hmm. yeah well and then i couldn't recommend your your book uh more highly to beginners because it's such a a refreshing especially when you get lost in the weeds like i have done from time to time to go back um and and try one of your recipes just gives you gives me confidence that you know i haven't lost it all you know it's 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 something anybody can really do and um so are you working on, um, anything else right now? I wanted to give you a few minutes, you know, I want to respect your time and, um, let you get back to your, your family. Um, but yeah, what, what's go? what are you working on right now? Are there any projects you want our listeners to know about?
0: Well, um, right now I have, um, a- a bun in the oven and it's not sourdough. So <laughs> um, that is my current project. So little, little new baby is going to be joining really? our family in September. So I'm kind of um, spending the next few months, just getting ready, I'm doing a lot of writing. Yeah. Um, but my writing isn't connected to any projects. I'm just sort of creating recipes for myself Mm -hmm. and just, you know, journaling and writing. And what's interesting is I know that it all leads somewhere at the end of the day. It's just, the pieces are just sort of suspended. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so, so we'll have a new little Uh, little member to the family in September. So that's, that's what we're up to and, uh, just still baking away and cooking Mm -hmm. for now. I also wanted to mention that, um, I, sell my sourdough starter in small batches. So the same way Celia sent hers to me, um, I now have my own that has changed and adapted to my own environment. And um, what I do is I dry that out and I package that in small um, packets to send out to whoever wants it. Um, it comes with instructions. Yeah. And how to activate it. um, what to do if you're not around and, you know, you don't want to activate it right away. You could just, you know, hold off on it for a little while. Um, and then a few tips and tricks for ongoing care. So for those who don't want to create their own sourdough starter from scratch, or, um, for those who just want to get started right away, it's a great, way to do so. So um, you can always visit my website if you want to purchase from the shop.
1: Great. Thanks, Emily. Yeah, that's, you know, I think that's sometimes the, the biggest hurdle for people to get over is making their own starter versus just someone handing you a starter, you know, or having it, having it ready to go. And so that I think that's a it great is. tool for beginners.
0: It is. And also, um, this, my starter is about 10 years old. So it's a mature starter. So it's very, very bright, vibrant. So you activate it, it'll be ready, you know, especially if it's warm in your house, it's ready and roaring, bubbling to go so it's good if you want something yeah
1: bad. that's a, that'd be a huge advantage for for new bakers so well what's a good way for our listeners to connect with you
0: you can always find me um on my blog theclevercarrot.com um always on social media on instagram facebook and if you're interested in any of the mm-hmm. books you can find those anywhere books are sold um amazon if you're a prime member you can get your orders within a few days, um, Barnes and Noble, all those places, you can find um, more information about sourdough and even more information about my first cookbook, uh, The Clever Cookbook, which offers healthy weeknight meals.
1: Well, you're part of this sourdough community that I think is inspiring people to get out there and, and make bread and uh, feed their family, feed their, their creativeness. Thanks, Emily. Have a great day. Thanks
0: so much for having me. This was a lot of fun.
1: Like you do. I've made myself a